Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast, uh, where we connect the Sundays together, but we also have the opportunity to get to hear some stories from some of our church members. And today, uh, we're blessed to be able to be joined by Scott and Kim LeGraff. Guys, thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, glad you're here. Brent, how are you? Oh, good. I thought you were going to say, and it's okay to have you here as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we're joined by Brent. No, no we're, uh, we're thankful that uh, we get to spend some time with you and get to hear a little bit of your story and allow the church just to get to know you a little bit. So uh, if you would, we'll just get right into it. We'd love to kind of hear how you came to know Christ. Uh, so Scott, I wondered if you would kick us off and just share with us about that. Sure. Um, I'm uh, originally from Ohio, born and raised in Ohio, um, born in Columbus, raised in Athens, a small college town in southeast Ohio, a lot like Nacogdoches, actually. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was raised in kind of your typical Midwestern family. Um, was a decent kid, uh, worked hard, taught my manners and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, and uh and, and I had concepts of God, you know, I, I, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, that kind of thing, you know, say mm-hmm. my prayers every night and whatnot. But um, one day when I was in ninth grade, uh, a kid from my neighborhood invited me to go to youth group with him <laughs> because he would get points for bringing someone to youth group. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this is a kid that, that I knew I saw every morning at the bus stop, that kind of thing. So I, I said, sure. I wasn't busy that Wednesday night. And, uh, and we went and we played basketball and there were cool college kids there and, and, um, <laughs> and it was great. And then we broke up, you know, into kind of more age, I think age specific groups. And, and these kids were all memorizing John 316 because they get points for that too. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I didn't want to be left out. And, and so I, you know, real quickly memorized John 316. And then this, this amazing college student a guy named Jay Clemens, came back. He was part of the Navigators Ministry, a campus ministry mm-hmm. at Ohio University, which was the college in my hometown. And um, he uh, he was our little group leader. And he came and um, explained the gospel. Hmm. And that was the first time I'd really ever heard it, at least put like that. And I don't know, pieces fell into place, something. I was just like, sign me up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some of it was Jay's charisma or whatever, but, but I mean, clearly the Lord saved me that night. And, um, so that's how I came to Christ. And from that point on, uh, you know, initially I really started to grow quickly The the guys and the navigators that the college students poured into me, spent time with me. There was another couple named Steve and Audrey Tice who happened to be graduate students in music at um at the university and you know we started a little i started attending the the church uh, it was called uh, kenny memorial wesleyan church and um uh you know started attending that church and um and uh and so we started a little music group and steve and audrey you know kind of worked with me there and i and i and i kind of grew up in the um in the youth group there and and that was that was much of it um you know i i even after coming to Christ, I sought significance in, I, I didn't really understand what it meant to come to Christ, mm-hmm. if, if that's, you know, what it is. I mean, I, I, I fully believed I was, you know, these guys are in the navigators, so I'm memorizing verses and, you know, and, and uh, you know, at one point, like six verses a week, you know, just, you know, just, just eating all, it all in. And, um, but I reached a point later on as I got older where 
my understanding of where, where I was attempting, let me say it this way, where I was attempting to make true in my life things that were actually already true, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't understand that becoming a Christian means that Christ did it all for you on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so I was very, very much aware. I'm, I'm very hard on myself. You can ask my <laughs> wife. I'm very hard on myself and always have been. And students. And, and I'm hard on my students, too. I'm, I'm working on way. that. I'm working on that. Um, but, um, Daddy Scott. That's right. And, uh, and so I was very aware of my own failures. You know, I'm, I'm generally speaking pretty aware of my own failures. And, and I reached this point where I was just torn apart by the fact that I was... Um, I was just spiritually exhausted. I was trying to to live this Christ, perfect Christian life, trying to live up to the standard that I thought now I was being held to, you know, and mm-hmm. then reached a point of of coming to understand that actually I had become, you know, that Christ had done all that and all these things in, in, the, in the New Testament that talked about me now as a Christian, I came to realize we're in the past tense, right? So I would mm-hmm. I would like look at Galatians 2.20, for I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself mm-hmm. for me. And I would see that and I'd say, okay, all right, I need to be crucified with Christ. Okay, I need to be crucified. You know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I say it now and it just sounds silly, but um, I didn't get it. And, mm-hmm. and at that moment, it was like, you know, when I understood the new identity, when I understood new creation, when I understood that all these things were, were past tense, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, it, it was, it almost felt scandalous to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but scripture lit mm-hmm. up for me in a way it never had before. And, you know, that I came to understand that I'd been, I'd lived, I once was darkness, but now I was light in the Lord. I, mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, formerly dead, and now I was alive. I was in the kingdom of darkness. I was in, you know, in, in, mm. in uh, God's kingdom, and and, uh, and and the list goes on and on and on. And noticing all the past tense and understanding my identity was uh, was a watershed, revolutionary moment. And that all happened actually right after I met Kim. So that how's that for a transition? That's a nice segue. Oh, wow. <laughs> beautiful. Incredible. The Man. beautiful duet. There you go. Amazing. Yeah, we work well together. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you share a little bit about your story? How maybe how you how your story's intertwined, but then also how you came yeah. to know Christ as well. Yeah, I was raised in Buffalo, New York. Um of a Catholic kind of upbringing with my parents are both Catholic and and they had decided that they were agnostic. Hmm. And so when hmm. kids would invite me to like summer Bible camp or something, I was to tell them we're agnostic, which in my father's mind meant that we believe there's a God, but we just have no preference. Mm. Um, and so that was my answer all through high school. You know, a lot of my friends were believers, but you know, uh, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to go basically. Mm. And so into my college years, I started a four-year university where my best friend was a Mormon. Hmm. And so I studied Mormonism. I looked at it. I actually got to take a class, you know, that is on religion, religion mm-hmm. class. And um, I studied the Mormon thing and I was like, yeah, Joseph, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> I wrote it off, but I yeah. went to Utah with her anyway. Wow. Yeah, I went to the Salt Lake City Temple with her 
to the areas that I could go in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I loved her. I just loved her. She was like the greatest friend I'd ever had. Hmm. She graduated early and uh, went on to my master's degree. My best friend again, Mormon. Because hmm. here we are. I, so undergrad was in California. My master's was in Flagstaff, Arizona. So we're real close to that Utah border. So there were tons of Mormons. Hmm. I mean, it was a big community in uh, Flagstaff. And so <laughs> she was smart. And she's like, would you come sing at our church? Hmm. Sure. So I go, I sing at the church. And then the missionaries, hey, can we talk to you about Oh, it? yeah. Yeah. So I became a Mormon. I got baptized. I, you know, was walking the walk, walking the talk, you know, uh, clean cut, started to clean up my life. You know, I cleaned up my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and (laughs) four months into it, uh, an event occurred where it really turned me off. It had to do with, um, meticulous tithing, uh, very legalistic tithing Mm -hmm. and, uh, turned me off. And I just went, you know what? I'm done. And it was like four months in. You, you know, you can only be that good for the, so long when you're still really not saved, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. It's all yeah. by your own right. um, mm. hard work, like mm-hmm. Scott was talking about. And so uh, I decided I really like church. I like the community of it. Mm. So I started going to a universalist church mm. uh, where everything is God, your God, the, you know, the world around us is, it's all God. I mean, we're all in this together. We're all part of God. And uh, did that for a while. Uh, and then I don't know how many months after, but I graduated my, with my master's degree and went and auditioned for a, a summer program, three month summer program in Maine. Um, met Scott and he was known as the Jesus freak. And uh, <laughs> he was very um, popular with the girls um, <laughs> mm. for whatever reason, <laughs> how times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> so we became best friends and, uh, I knew he was the Jesus freak. And so I was like, Hey, I was drinking a, uh, Tom gin, Collins, a Tom Collins and Scott had his, I don't know, seltzer water or something. <laughs> and I'm like, so what do you actually believe? And he's like, um, you know, John three, whatever, Nicodemus at night, you know, the whole, you have to be born again. Sorry, is that a, is that a TV network? <laughs> Christian TV Nicodemus network. At Nicodemus at night. Yeah. So he says you have to be born again. And I was like, oh, is that another church, a born again church? You know, I thought this is just another church, yeah, yeah. like more. Yeah. yeah. And he says, no, I'm going to give you my Bible and I want you to read John, you know, John all the way to. John chapter three, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And. He had me memorizing verses, and I memorized the verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, Mm -hmm. present your request to God, and the peace of God um, will come, uh, what's the rest of it? Passes all understanding, (laughs) will fill your heart and lives of Christ Jesus. Right. (laughs) And so I memorized that, and that's what did it. It was Mm. like, because I've always been an anxious person, like everything was like, you know, fight or flight that, you know, Mm. I've talked about in the past with people that know me well. And I was like, do not be anxious about anything. And I remember thinking, hmm. anything? Really? Anything? I lo- I would like this. I think I, I would love mm-hmm. this. And so, uh, hmm. yeah, I was engaged to someone else <laughs> when I met Scott <laughs> and broke off with him. And Scott started to kind of disciple me. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and, and it seems appropriate to say at this point there was no, um, there was nothing romantic going on with no, us at we the would time. Play cards. I was not stealing her away from no. this guy or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, we he started to s- disciple me, and then a couple months later, he was like, "Hmm, I kind of like this girl. Yeah, she's kind of cute." My roommate actually, (laughs) yeah, my my roommate um, at, so so where we were staying is a place called Quisasana, which is a a resort in Maine that I highly recommend. It's stunning. Stephen King has a a house on the lake right there. Is he still alive? (laughs) Yes, he is actually. And and you learn a little bit about, you know, Stephen King's writings when you you recognize how dark it is in Maine. But... um, uh, anyway, where's that? So good. yeah, we would. That's right. Um, we would wait tables three meals a day, six days a week, and then we would sing a few nights in the evening. So we would we did a cut down version of of the Marriage of Figaro by by Mozart, with one of my favorite operas, and and um, we would you know dry silver. We'd be polishing silver, and, and we'd finish, and, and we'd book it down, and and change our clothes, and and then sing this this cut down version of this opera, it like unwarmed up and. You know, after having worked a whole day. And so, yeah, Kim and I had the most table waiting experience. And so we were kind of in the front of the dining room, kind of the, the high rent district of the dining room. And she had, you know, if you remember Monty Hall from Let's Make a Deal. He um, loved me. Yes, yeah, he was he one of her, me. you know, uh, one of her <laughs> clients. And, yeah. and uh, there's there's someone from the Lazarus family and people from Ohio would recognize Lazarus, which is a huge, was a huge department store in Columbus and kind of a, kind of a Saks Fifth Avenue of Ohio, if, mm. if there's such a thing. And, <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, and, and he was in, she had bigger, she had bigger folks than I did, but she's far more charming than I am. And so that makes sense. But, uh, but anyway, so we were in the high rent district and, and, uh, we kind of had the same days off often or, or yeah. in between we'd play cards and, you know, go for cribbage. walks and that, yeah, we'd play cribbage and go yeah. for walks and, and that kind of thing. And, so, and so we were just best, we were becoming yeah. best friends really. Then. You know, and, and it was really, I think the, the Lord's providence in our lives that she was involved with someone else because, uh, I was at a point where I was like, you know what? I don't think I need any women in my life, <laughs> and um, and so she was involved elsewhere, and uh, he was bigger than I am. And, <laughs> if you can believe that, <laughs> and, and you know, no, and and that is a joke. It's true, but but I, I say that as a joke. But you know, I just thought, you know, I'm going to be totally. This is we're just going to be friends, no and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, so we didn't have any of that often that romantic tension that that exists between guys and gals and they're becoming friends you know it, it, none of that was there we just got to become friends and we got to talk honestly and and um and then you said the the there was also that one thing about borrowing my bible and seeing your name yeah. in there so right. he had a list of people that he was praying for hmm. um inside the bible that he loaned me and my name was on the top <laughs> Oh. Kim was first. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> Kim has been so, first since then. Yeah, accepted Christ and uh, just started reading and reading. And um, the, the Lord would just, I had so many issues, so much baggage from my past as far as anxiety and what had caused the anxiety mm-hmm. and all the different things that had been painful in my life. And um, I remember the Lord would wake me. I had to keep this by my bedside, like a little um, notebook by mm-hmm. my bedside. And, and he would wake me up and go, all right, go back to high school. Let's talk about that. Like, I really sensed him leading me through the fact that he was present in all of those painful things. Um, and I could be freed from the bondage areas that 
happened because of those painful experiences. And so I just, I just fell in love with God. I mean, I was just kind of nuts reading the Bible, reading the Bible. And then, um, how many months later, 10 months later, he proposed? No, it wasn't that long. Um, we started dating in August and we got engaged in February. Yeah. So we met in June, started dating in August, got engaged in February, got, got married, married in, in March. March. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah. And that was almost 27 years ago. So, wow. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my story. I, he led me to Christ. Here I am, still walking. Thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, ex- how exactly then did you all end up getting to Grace Bible Church? I know oh. you came to Nacogdoches uh, yeah. University, but tell us more about right. that. So, um when, you know, we had a few stops prior to, to Nacogdoches, uh, but my sister, way back when I had started attending um, that youth group, my mom followed me to church to find out what her son was getting into, <laughs> and she came to Christ, and my sister followed me to youth group, and she came to Christ. My sister went on uh, to become, to join staff with, with what's now called crew and uh, Campus Crusade, and so we would go to the, the winter conferences, I, you know, I, I went um, on my own. And then when Kim and I were involved, Kim came to one as well. And, and, um, we, uh, so anyway, so when we would move, <laughs> we would, um, contact crew staff in Important the area to know we were oh, yeah. married in New York, had our first child in New York, moved to Iowa for three years, had our second child in Iowa Lived in Louisiana for mm-hmm. one year. Baton Rouge, right. And then and from then there, got to Nacogdoches. So that's important yeah, um, right. to so know that we moved a lot. We were hopscotching yeah. all over in the place. And so in, seven in, years, right. our first seven years of wow. marriage. And to places where we didn't know anybody. Yikes. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, so I would contact crew staff ahead of time and say, hey, we're, Every time. we're moving to your area. And we like to get involved with what you're doing. And they can you help us? us uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. And uh, although in Iowa, actually, they had students there ready to help us unpack. Yeah. So they, they were they were really good to us. But um, that was at Simpson College. I taught it at Simpson College for three years. And uh, and so um, so when we were moving from Baton Rouge, I had you know done a year in my doctorate, and then I got the job here at SFA, and we were going to move from Baton Rouge to uh, to NAC. And I go online and find out that that uh, John and, and Stephanie Boudreau were crew staff here, and so I contacted them, and they said, uh, "Oh, that's so great! We're so excited you're coming." Do you want to buy a house? Um, because <laughs> we are moving from Nacogdoches to, to Baton, Baton Rouge. Rouge. Ah. So they... Uh, Sold so, us their house. That's right. So we came here and we were looking at houses and that was the first house we looked at. And we looked at some others and we're like, boy, man, you know, that's it. But it's just a little higher than what we want to pay. And they said, why don't you come to Grace Bible Church with us on Sunday? And we went to church with them on Sunday. And then we negotiated the final price on the house out by the bar by behind Henderson Hall on the, the Sunday school classroom because we'd just taken our kids to Sunday school, the, the children's Sunday school. And so out there, there used to be those big maps on the wall. And right there is where we agreed on the final price and shook hands ah. on the final price. In Grace Bible, we never, Grace Bible Church. We never church shopped. And then that was it. So we, we were part of Grace, Grace Bible Church we from that point on. Wow. And so then the Boudreaux's moved down to um, to Baton Rouge and took our place in our Sunday school class. Wow. <laughs> Sunday school class. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's incredible. Ah. And um, we actually closed on the house 
uh, up here in Baton Rouge, and a guy from our Sunday school class, Leo, was a lawyer, and he did all the the documents, and they already knew. They, I think, are were they LSU grads? They, I feel like they had connections down there already, and um, so anyway. Uh, th- so that's how it was. So we that was our our first church was was Grace Bible Church and and uh, although we do you know we'll we'll occasionally sing at churches around in the area, that has been home since we got here. And yeah. shortly after we got here, there were the game nights. Remember they would, they would have oh, the yeah. game nights and, and um, Easter trips together. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and so we very quickly developed a, a group of friends, and. Um, the Kegels. Uh, yeah, when, and, and uh, you know, uh, the Thorntons. Oh, what was the guy who um, moved away um, that was so big? Um, the realtor, the real ED guy. Oh, Le- Lee, Lee Danis. Lee Danis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know. The, he was the, big, the, big, El, you know. Yeah, yeah. Big. He, well, he understood. He, he, he understood. He, he loved classical music. And, mm. um, and so he just kind of took us in and um, was a real great encouragement of us, not only spiritually, but also professionally here in the area and um, that kind of thing. So mm. the Danises were big, but we also met, you know, several, lots of young couples um, and uh, several of which have moved away and, and, and whatnot. But, but, but we got welcomed in very, very openly um, and authentically. And, and that was that. Yeah. Mm. Never left. You know, my observation is that, I love hearing this because I I don't know, didn't know a lot of this that you're sharing with us. You've had people here at Grace, whether it was Lee or these others, the Kegels, that opened their arms and brought you all right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not even to to talk about the crew component of how that happened, but uh, you, both of your lives together as a couple, whether it's college students you know, hosting somebody, you're always around people. You always have people that you're pursuing, even on Sunday mornings. You're always moving around, talking, <laughs> pursuing, connecting to new people. Uh, you know, what, what kind of encouragement would you give to people to, to that? Cause that's not a, some people might say, well, I'm not extroverted, therefore I'm not going to do something like that. But uh, what would you say to somebody maybe like that? That's more hesitant, more reserved, uh, you know, to the importance of pursuing people. We can't speak from that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I'm not saying you're no, introverts, yeah. uh, but, but, but yeah, but the I mean, initiative I, to pursue people. Yeah, even you know, if I, I think we'll find. Um, I mean, I think you'll find it at Grace. You're going to find open, authentic, um, welcoming people. Many of whom are not as you know wild, not going as as the Lagraffs are, um, as far as just. <laughs> being extroverted and going and, you know, like we're running for mayor all the time or something. <laughs> but, um, but I think that there are a lot, you know, that, I think that's what, what you find at Grace Bible Church are these, these authentic, kind, generous people that are, you know, across generations and, and, um, and that's what made Grace Bible Church home for us. It, it wasn't, the style of service or, or anything like that, you know, so that those are the things that, that seem anyway mm. today to be so important. Yeah. And, and, you know, not that we didn't have ideas about those kinds of things, right. but, but it's ultimately about connecting with people mm. that's going to make something into your home. 
And, uh, you know, we actually see that at SFA as well uh, in the School of Music. It's when, when these kids come in and they get plugged in with a choir or a band or an orchestra and then a studio and, and they're just kind of thrust into community and they start to connect. And then they're just like, I, I can't wait to get back to Nacogdoches. You know, being on break is killing me. I'm, mm. I'm ready to get back to knack and yeah. and so i think it's I that connecting with people if you're if you're one of those people that's shy mm-hmm. and and you're not like us like we're going to go pursue and you're not a pursuer i would say um when there's times that are open for new small groups mm. uh like-mindedness type people like if you're a worship type person worship team find a place that you can sign up and mm. be part of a small group. Small groups um, connect you in a way that they share your tears, they share your joys, mm. they share mm. when our children, you know, go off and they're on their own. Those are the people that are going to pray for you. Those are the people that you're going to call when your dad goes in the hospital. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the people who are going to surround you when there's great events, but also really the the struggling ones, mm. I think, are the ones that make you the tightest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Brent, you shared that on Sunday, I think, that w- with your small group. <laughs> right. That it was it was when your that group went through adversity, when when there was a family in need, and mm-hmm. and we certainly, without getting into any details, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our small group years and years and years ago. I mean, they're uh, we're part of the same small group still, but. Um, there was a family that that trauma. went through a, a yeah, really unimaginable tragedy, and and the group was there. They were there, galvanized we and there. knit together yeah. in a way that I, frankly, never knew was possible in a small mm. group. Mm. And uh, but I think Kim's absolutely right that <clears throat> there is there's kind of an easy way, right? If you if you don't feel like you can walk up to strangers on Sunday morning and say, yeah. hey, how are you? What's your right. name? Yeah. You know, you can sign up for a small group and 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 then you'll be in a situation where you can ease into it a little bit more and, mm-hmm. and you can take the time to get to know people rather than, than you know, doing the whole mayor thing. You know, vote for me. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. you know, can I kiss your baby? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, um, which comes naturally to us, but but doesn't. That's great. That's so. great wisdom. You know, I, for this Sunday, we're going to be in First Peter four twelve through nineteen. And my sermon originally, uh, I tended to title it "So Loved," kind of off the Gospel of John, that same title, that same series. We think of Christ as we're in Advent, being our hope, uh, joy, peace, and and love. Uh, but I think from your testimony, a, a phrase you just said a little bit ago, Scott, of of uh, scandalous grace. Now uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the love of God is. It, it doesn't work in our human contractual way of thinking. It, we're, we're, we are adopted. We are free. And in chapter 4, verse 19, uh, it, it says this. It's my it, favorite it, verse. And is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Well, very good. Uh, well, <laughs> you got Jesus, right? He, we understand this understanding of Scripture that, that He is, at this point, we will we'll establish that He's our cre- Creator. God has created us. Uh, he has uh, He is our King, uh, you know, the Christ, and He is our uh, uh, Judge. And then we get this text after all of that, verse 419. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And see, mm-hmm. after all of this, the adversity that they're in, the believers are so impacted and understand the love of God that they've received in Christ, the forgiveness they've received, that they are freed up mm-hmm. to simply worrying about doing good. That's the next step there to worry about. Mm-hmm. How do I do good? The Lord has taken care of me. He will take care of me. He has taken care of me. 
so I am freed now, regardless of my circumstances, to focus on loving others and doing good. Nice. Uh, it is just a liberating text to be mm-hmm. in. And I appreciate your all's faithfulness to, to Grace Bible planting roots here um, through all the seasons. Um, the Lord's blessed that already in, in many ways, Stephen, uh, in myself's life as well, meeting you all in our, in, and calling <laughs> yeah, us right here front, as well. Kinda, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the beginning. And, uh, and so we're thankful for both of you all. Thanks. Well, we are grateful for you. We're grateful y'all are here. And, uh, you know, we're grateful for this season at Grace Bible Church. It's a, it's a real, it's a neat time. And, um, and clearly the Lord is, is in it and blessing what's going on. I mean, obviously we, we follow what he's, he's doing anyway. And, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, we're glad y'all are here. Mm-hmm. Glad, to be, glad here. to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, church, we will uh, see you this Sunday. And part of what it looks like to entrust our souls to a faithful creator is being a being a part of this this body. You know, yeah. um, we will experience suffering, but we do have a faithful family like you've like you've shared uh, that's going to care for us. And so, bring your hurts, bring <laughs> bring it all. You know, uh, to come and and worship our Lord together and to be renewed and refreshed uh, by singing the truth, by sitting under the word together. Uh, It will be a joyful time. We'll see you there. Can't wait. Amen.